What if you tried to monetize your life by documenting it on social media? Then you would, for one, have to come up with a strategy. For two, you would have to come up with a monetization strategy for this whole thing. And for three, you would have to come up with a way to actually implement those two things. So let's talk about one. What is one? Which strategy I came up with and the strategy developed over years, basically, after I started to blog on the internet, is this. You just document the things you are already doing. This gives you the opportunity to live your life in the way you want to. And by sharing the learnings along the way, you are, only, you are not only constantly creating content, but you are also creating content that is real, because it is based on you. It is not a fictional story, like Tony Stark, but it's much more a real story, like Elon Musk. Think of what if Elon Musk actually documented his whole life for us, and then what we could learn from him, in a way. Not that I, not that Elon Musk is the best person ever on this planet. Of course, he did many great things. I don't want to overindulge in Elon Musk's fandom, but I think he's one person that stands out and in terms of achievement, in terms of what he does for the human civilization or the development of human civilization. Therefore, I just took him as an example. So the idea now is constantly, and in the past also, historically, we created fiction about people like Elon Musk because, and this is Tony Stark, for example, at least the Iron Man movie was based on Elon Musk. Of course, the comic wasn't because Elon Musk didn't really exist as a, as a public persona yet. But the idea is this. What if we as humans actually would be more interested in the actual reality compared to the fiction we create? Basically, the fiction, if you think about what fiction is, is I think of it as certain elements out of reality that then you connect together and then they make up a good story. But what if instead now, we are not, we as humans are much more intelligent as the current and historic media actually attributes us. What if we actually can connect the dots in a way greater story? What if a documentary on Netflix doesn't have to be two hours, but it's basically the whole life of a person long? And you can follow this person like you would follow a real person. Like this person is actually a person you know. Of course, this person then doesn't know you. And this is a big part of social media, a big problem of social media. But the idea is this. You are connected to people. You want to know about people. This is also a trait I experience, experienced with myself again and again. I didn't necessarily wanted to watch content of people I watched in the past, but I just wanted to check what they are doing now, just like with a friend. So now the idea is this. What if instead of being interested in these hyper-fictional, hyper-realistic stories we create for ourselves as a human civilization, we actually would create these stories about real life. Not in... Of course, this is also... Again, this doesn't mean that you share every single moment of your life, but this does mean that you highlight the moments that are worth sharing out of your life. And if more, more and more people do this, actually, then we would create basically a database of learnings, of knowledge, and we would also find out much more what people are actually like. Of course, there is also the social filter that is still out 
and on there. If you have something like a video format, you still have to adhere to social guidelines we have for communication between humans. But you can talk as long as you like and the algorithms actually find the people that like your content. And if nobody likes your content, then nobody likes your content. But if somebody likes your content, then the algorithms probably on the long term will find these people for you. So now, this is the first part of the first part, you could say. This is the part where I discuss the bigger theme. So now let's actually dive into how you could potentially turn yourself into something like this. Into how do you apply these concepts is the thing I wanted to say. How do you apply these concepts now? You have to come up with basically a system that actually turns the things you experience and the things you want to share into something that is shareable. And this system I created for myself looks like this. I have in the past also for time tracking, also for scheduling events, also for just in general thinking about all the different things in life, divided my life into several categories like self-management, which I call manage, like learning new things, which are not institutional based, I call knowledge or in short, know or knowing things, which again would be more suitable, more suitable would be learning, but I like the word know better because it's four letters and I want these words to be short. These categories, these words, I want them to be short and to be, well, I have to type them again and again in my task manager, for example, and therefore I just picked no. The second one out of this category is a study. That's basically institutional learning that you don't do by yourself, but it's institutionalized learning, university, school, for example. And we have other categories such as health, a subcategory is sport, a subcategory. So basically health has two subcategories, mental health, so psychological health and physical health. And in addition, not in addition, but in summary, I have a few different categories. So now the question is, how do you, so the general idea now is that a single person has a few interests. And let's say a person has five interests. And let's randomly pick another person out of the human civilization, out of the human population rather. And this person also has five interests out of 100, let's say. We define 100 interests for every single human on this planet. So basically there is a, a set out of 100 interests. And now what is the likelihood that person A has the exact same five interests as person B? And therefore, these people would also maybe match in reality as friends, maybe. What is the likelihood? It's 1% multiplied by 1% multiplied by 1% multiplied by 1%. And I don't know if I already said it for four or five times, but it's, of course, five times 1%, five times 1 divided by 100 multiplied by each other. The likelihood that these two people have the same exact interests. And this is a very low likelihood. <laughs> and this means now, if you actually want to divide the things you want to share, or you want to, if you want to find the persons you, that actually are interested in the, in the content you produce, or in the things you experience, it would be wise to divide the things you want to talk about into bigger categories of interest. These don't have to be these 100 interests, but let's say instead of 100, you just say every 20 
interests I just combine into the topic. So let's say the health topic has 20 different interests out of the 100. Then the study topic has also 20 interests out of the 100. And therefore you would create five channels that actually, again, are very closely linked to the five categories or the eight categories of your life. And then you basically would reduce or increase the likelihood that somebody else overlaps with these interests. Because if you have only five interests on the one side, so five general categories on the one side, five topic themes on the one side and five on the other side. And if we reduce basically the 100 interests into something that is more like five more general interests, then the likelihood that somebody is has an overlap with one of your interests is increased because it's more general. Of course, this now sounds like let's just make everything more general. No, this is not the thing I stated. The thing I stated is this. Ideally, if there are 100 interests, you would create 100 channels for all these different interests. And now, the problem, of course, is out of the 100 interests, you don't have all the 100 interests. So therefore, it only makes sense for you to maybe have 20 out of these 100 interests. And now, the easy part is now, if you only have 20 out of these 100 interests a human could have, then you can basically sum up maybe four of them again into a bigger topic and then try to match over social media with somebody who is interested in this content. Why still go with five and not with 20? Because it's a lot of work in the back end to have 20 different channels. Think of it as 20 different YouTube channels. But not only for YouTube, but also for Facebook, but also for Instagram, but also as a blog, but also as a podcast. So, how many different divisions of your life you want to come up with and how many different channels you want to create in order to have audience targeting is up to you. What I have landed on currently is 10 to 15. Why? Because I realized the categories, the bigger categories of my life weren't enough. So basically, I have currently one channel for management. I have one channel where I talk about strategies for basically monetizing my life, this here. Then I have one for health, but health is again very complicated because it's a very broad topic. So if I talk about the recipe I have when eating in the one video and the next video is about psychological health, then these are two very different things and two very different target audiences. Nevertheless, I haven't subdivided the health channel yet. Another problem is if you know create already content and then you subdivide a channel more, it creates a problem that previously the content is attributed to then the wrong channel because you now have two and in the past. And do you get the problem? The problem is that on most of these social media platforms, you cannot, you basically can only post things in real time. If you now have one channel that is you, that is also named with your person, this creates basically a branding to your person with all the different pieces of content. If you now have separate your person into these different channels, from this point on, all these things previously that would be that would be rightly attributed to a different channel still live on your main channel and you cannot really get them to the other channel unless you delete them and then post them new. But maybe they are out of date already, which is 
also something you have to think about. Is the content evergreen or is it related to the time very much? On these two different extremes, every piece of content falls somewhere on this line. So now we are already pretty much in the second part of the video, how to monetize all of these different things. And the answer is to create channels, to create channels where you share the things. Now the question is how do you share the things? And you can, in general, think of three different media types. The first one is something that is visually based, magazines, books. So basically something we consume only with our eyes. The second thing is audio based, something we consume only with our ears. And the third thing is video based, something we consume both simultaneously with our eyes and our ears. Because video is the closest to reality, and we could also introduce other senses in the future, like touching things, and also like experiencing maybe the smell of something in the future. But the current state is that video is the most senses we get. We get two senses combined. This is the most we currently get. So because the relationship of a creator and the person who watches actually, I think moves more and more into a direction of actual relationships. I think it would make sense to also at least play the long-term game. Of course, this is a problem of how to get into a relationship with a viewer in the first place. How do you make somebody consume your content if this person doesn't know you? The more a person knows you, the more the person will come back even after years to just check up on you as because you are just a person. And we have a certain relationship to persons, to other people. So now the question is, what would be the most long-term strategy for actually communicating with your users as people? And I think it's not the one where you just over-exaggerate your own personality for the benefit of short-term views, but much more a format that actually speaks to people as you would speak to people. Basically treating the camera as the user. Basically treating the camera not necessarily as a friend, but as someone you would respect, as someone you don't. You would not lie to, as someone you would not clickbait language to, or clickbait speak to, but as someone you would actually care about. And I don't want to say that this is the key, because currently my strategy is not working out that well, because nobody knows me at this point in time, and I make videos like these where I talk about often hours about certain topics, and nobody knows me, and that's a problem. But I think this is the most long-term strategy because this is the current state of what I am in. I am not over-exaggerating things. I am not, I'm basically, in other videos, I show everything I own. So basically there is not much I can do in terms of transparency more. I, of course, could release my income statements and things like these, but that's not the point. The point is to share the things you want to share. And the point is also not complete transparency, I think. That's, I mean, if you want to optimize for complete transparency, I mean, go for it. But I think that's not the point because you just want to make content that has, that is actually good content that treats the viewer as a good person. Not a good person, but a person you would respect. And you just use these different things, such as transparency maybe, to also maybe create trust, 
with somebody, just like you would treat a person. So when it comes to summarizing maybe the bigger strategy, it would be to treat your camera as a person, to treat the viewer as a person, because everybody wants to be respected. Everybody wants to have not necessarily friends, but at least be treated in a way that doesn't lie to them online, for example. If I treated this, if I not treated, but titled this video, um, make money by doing nothing, then of course that's not a total lie, but that's also not really the most truth I can give to you. That's not the most closest to reality. But if I now instead, just like somebody who writes a scientific paper, just try to stick to the actual reality much more and try to less deviate from the reality in exchange for short-term views, then I think this is the right direction to go into. So let's still in the second step. I don't know exactly what the third step was. If it was to turn these, combine those two things and turn it to practice, then probably we are already in the third step. The third step is now how to actually implement it. I, we just talked about the whole concept of this. How to actually implement it. Again, we go back to the three different media types you can create. It's something visual based. You could create a blog, you could create a newspaper, a magazine, a picture and post them on Instagram. You could create audio based only. And you could create video. So now, visuals take a lot of time, depending on the type of visual. A blog takes a lot of time because it's a more scripted version of reality. You turn something, an idea, into a script and you're not just talking. And we are actually faster in talking, in communicating in communicating an idea with our voice and also our gestures and our mimic compared to writing down something. Writing down also means you are reducing the potential information down to the written word, down to the content of the spoken word, which is then written, which means you are losing all of the information that I have here, which you you can listen to my voice and out of the inflections of your of my voice, you can also get information about the content of what I'm saying. If I move my hands like this or like this, and again, this disqualifies the video maybe as an audio only, but if I move my hands to the camera and away from the camera, or depending on the gestures, on the gestures I have, this also gives you additional information, just like my hands moving in synchronicity with the words I say, and whenever you point attention, to somebody's gestures, they just look ridiculous, <laughs> which is something that is very weird. But nevertheless, these things happen all the time and we also process them all the time. The hand gestures are just there and we process them all the time, even if you now look at them on video, at least, they look ridiculous. But that's what we are doing as humans. So therefore, getting something down to a script that is then a newspaper article. Just think of all the con controversies that are currently happening just because there is a written word that can be interpreted in very many ways. But if instead this person actually recorded a video, then we had much more information. Of course, we also had much more proof of the person just saying the thing. But if you condense something down to a written word and you don't enhance it with 
images, for example, then you lose a lot of the information that is actually necessary to process the information properly. So therefore, the same is true for audio. Audio is just the voice and you are losing the visual information. And when you then combine these two things into video, then that's the most engaging format that we currently have, as a mainstream format at least. And simultaneously, apart from the 4D cinemas in Disneyland, and video therefore is the most engaging, but also the most informative format, but also can be consumed only in primary time, which means somebody has to spend primary time where the person does not do something else in order to consume your content. Whereas with something that is visual and also something that is based on audio, you can not necessarily... So what he can do, I couldn't finish the sentence. What he can do is he can consume the content in secondary time. What does secondary and primary time mean? I define primary time as the the thing you are currently doing. So if you have a task and you're doing the task, like you're going to the grocery store, then you cannot really go not to the grocery store in order to go to the grocery, in order to get to the grocery store. But what you can do is you can go primary as the primary task to the grocery store, but as a secondary task, because your brain already automated all the processes that are necessary to go to the grocery store, like walking, like seeing street signs and recognizing street signs and stopping at the lights, for example, and not walking over the street when a car is driving by. These are not things you have to think about consciously all the time. Therefore, your conscious mind is kind of free to think. And because it's free to think, you can either use it to think or consume content as audio. But you cannot watch go around with a smartphone in front of your face, apart from maybe AR in the future, where you can do things like these more likely, you currently cannot do these things. But what you can do is listen. And therefore also offering maybe the video-based content, at least the content that is video-based and that can be consumed audio only, that doesn't have a necessary, a necessary visual component, offering this as a podcast just gives you an entirely different audience because not everybody wants to listen to you with the visuals attached. But some people might just want to listen to you because they don't want to spend primary time on watching you. So now, how to implement the whole thing? This now will be a very short end, I guess, but also a very practical guide. The first thing is you need something to record video and audio with. Because out of the three types, you can already create something that is visual, with a camera by shooting pictures. You can also create something that is visual by drawing something. You can also create something that is visual by typing it into your computer or by writing it onto a paper and then taking a picture. The idea is that you capture reality somehow. And you can also capture reality by transforming the reality that exists in your brain onto paper by writing. But you can also record reality by recording yourself in reality by using your surroundings as a video. And this means you basically need a reality recording device that records in any of the formats we mentioned. And this reality recording device can be basically just, so you need basically something to record either 
just thoughts out of your brain or you with your thoughts in physical appearance and your brain by speaking or you record the reality around you with commentary or you have something that is purely visually based like showing a city that is just there and with cars moving and that can be very calming when it's raining and things like these. So you need a device that records reality and the two devices we all have are a computer and a pocket computer. Most of us have a computer. I mean, not everybody has a computer, I know. But many of us have still a pocket computer, which are called smartphones, even though they are not really phones, even though the functionality of a phone is only a minor functionality. Functionality these days. But the easiest way to capture reality is to use something you already own. And since many of us already own phones, the easiest way to then capture reality and therefore to transform, not transform, but to turn something out of your life into something that can be shared via the internet to somebody else. And the internet is not this big thing anymore that is the internet. The internet is just a connection to the other human. If you think about it like this, it becomes much more clear what the internet actually is. It's just infrastructure that connects you to other people. Maybe in the future also to other intelligent beings, maybe even artificial intelligent beings, but that's not the point. The point is, the internet is just a connection, the connection we establish. It's just like the internet. I just wanted to come up with a different metaphor, but I couldn't think of any while speaking, therefore I just, I just finished the sentence by saying the internet again. So now, the two devices you already have are your notebook, which is a computer, and also your smartphone, which is also a pocket computer. And the advantage of a, uh, the big advantage of a smartphone is that it all additionally has probably a decent microphone and probably a decent camera in front and on the back. And microphones also sometimes on top and on the bottom of the phone. And this makes them into perfect reality recording devices. Additionally, what you can do is try to improve certain aspects try to improve the visual aspect by investing into a better camera even. But I am, for example, recording this on my Galaxy S10 on my phone. Why? Because it's the easiest. And because phones, at least very good phones, are now on a camera quality level where they can compete with normal cameras that you would have to invest hundreds of bucks in because you also invest hundreds of bucks into buying a phone. I mean, they could also very well as well have good cameras, which they have these days. And additionally, because they are computers, they can also process the image in real time. For example, if you watch this, then you what you can probably see is that I can just blur the background like this, which I usually do all the time, but I have disabled it for a previous video. But you can just blur the background, which is not really possible with a camera. In a camera, it's only possible with the technicalities of a camera by introducing or swapping the lens. But because your phone is also a computer, it can do these things now. And that's very nice. Also, think about all the scenarios where you want to record reality, where you want to record a picture either for yourself or somebody else. The idea is the phone is the one thing that is almost always with you these days. It would be even better 
in terms of capturing as many things as possible if you just could record things on a smartwatch. You can also just record things with your brain and use your brain as a temporary storage in order to then convert these things into something that is content, that is shareable. Because you cannot really share your brain at this point in time, but you have to use one of the offered mediums. One of these is speaking and recording of speaking as audio or video, and then turn it into something that can be transmitted to another person. Also over time, which is also very nice. <laughs> Now, your phone is basically the thing you record your ideas with or your notebook. By typing them, by recording yourself on video, by maybe even, even layering visuals either on something that is visually based, like a blog post or an article in a newspaper, or by talking and then editing the thing in post and editing layering images, for example, and video even on top of the thing you recorded on top of the video file you recorded. That's the recording part. You additionally can record your audio better, your voice better, if you invest into a very cheap microphone, like a Lavalier microphone, like the Lavalier Go here, which I recently bought, which is 50 bucks, which was 50 bucks, and it's a clip-on microphone. You see basically in every TV production and you can plug it into your smartphone with an adapter that is called a TRS, TRSS adapter, which no, it's a TRS, basically the thing you connect to TRRS, which is the headphone check on your phone. If you have still a headphone check on your phone. If you don't, then you need a mic or at least an adapter that transforms it into or turns it into USB-C. And this is a very easy way to prove the audio because if you use just your phone, the proximity to a microphone often determines how good the quality. So basically the closer you are to a microphone, the better the audio quality is because the signal to noise ratio is better the closer you move to a microphone because you are a closer sound source for the microphone. Therefore, a very easy way to record quality audio is to have your phone very close up until the point. So, but not to the point where the audio clips, which is basically just too loud for the phone to record. And if you now additionally wanna have the same phone, not only as a microphone source, so as an audio source, but additionally as a video source, what you have to do is you have to move away from the camera somehow. And by introducing a clip-on mic, you have the ability now to move away from the camera because the cable bridges the distance in between the phone and you. And since you are maybe 50 centimeters up to one meter or more away from the microphones of your camera, being your phones, microphones, you basically do yourself a favor by recording the audio closer to the source, which is then you. Also with a microphone like this, which is also an audio interface, which is another way to record audio. When it comes to the distribution part now, you have to create a channel for each of these topics you then divide your life into and your ideas and the things you want to share into. You create a channel. This means a channel has so what, what I call a channel is basically a brand. A brand has different accounts on different social media platforms, but also maybe has a website. And 
basically just think of it as an account on a public platform and depending on the platform depending on the media type of the platform you then can use it to post account to post content on this account as a channel on this platform so what i'm currently doing right now is i'm recording this with my phone because it's something that was in my mind and therefore it was already kind of temporary stored but it's also evolving as i am recording this i'm recording this with this microphone with this external zoom h6 into my phone which is simultaneously charging which is possible because i do have a headphone check still in the galaxy s10 and then it's stored on my phone and then i need to distribute the file to the corresponding channel now the additional beauty of this whole system is if you have five channels that cover basically all of your interests then the only thing you need to do is record an idea and you can decide later on which channel is the best match for this idea this means that you can just record ideas and then later on decide which channel is the best for this idea which channel just has the closest match compare this to a channel that you create and then you create a certain target audience you also create certain content expectations and then you want to fulfill these expectations and you only record things that are targeted towards this audience which is then kind of a problem in terms of what things you can record it is a problem in terms of the variety of things you can record and share on social media social media so now i think we covered all the basic parts of course there is a whole other part of how to create all of these channels on these different platforms the easiest way i found is to just create one email for one brand basically and then just to use this one email for all these different accounts on these different platforms and then to record video as a native but also record visual based content as a native but to not record audio as a native because if you record audio in real time you are already speaking therefore you can just as well turn on the camera make it more engaging therefore have files already for the video platforms and therefore not produce native podcast but only produce either native video or native blog posts you could say or instagram posts of course instagram posts being a type of visual based posts and that's the end of the story if you then have a video you can convert some of these video files where you didn't show things basically where the visual component is not necessary for understanding you can just transform these convert these into audio and therefore you have a podcast which is then basically a copy of your video feed on these different platforms you post your content on youtube facebook watch and so on but it's a copy of only the things that are again consumable as audio only and therefore now you have a concept you have all the steps you need you have the strategy you need you have the strategy implemented you have the things you need to record and then the only thing is left is the monetization how do you monetize it this is basically a fourth point i just realized would also make sense to include to be included in this video how do you monetize the content there are two types either the person the people that watch your content pay you directly or indirectly they can pay you directly via subscription-based platforms like patreon 
by joining, for example, your YouTube club, kind of, by joining, by paying you directly, because for this certain brand, you create a product that then you sell to this audience, like a shirt with your logo on, or a hat, or a flamethrower, and therefore people buy products from you which are either services or actual products. The services can be you producing content for social media and therefore they pay you on a monthly basis or they donate to you. And this is the one type of model and the other type of model is, so this is the direct model again, that they directly pay you or your company. And the indirect model is that they watch advertisements which are basically introduced and automated by these platforms and somebody who is the advertiser pays these platforms to display these advertisements to the target group you target with the content you produce. Of course, there are different variations of these two types, but basically you are selling either your product or your service as a social media content creator, basically offering content for free and then getting money content for free not really so you either offer content for free as a strategy you could also offer paid content but nevertheless you just offer a service and the service can be content for free in the return some people might pay you for this nevertheless this is basically a business model and the other business model is to just re also push out content for free but to have somebody pay for your audience's attention or a part of your audience's time and attention by displaying ads. You can also implement these ads directly into your content, which is another variation called sponsorships, but the version that is probably more flexible in the future is the one that automates the insert of these ads into your videos. So now I think finally, we covered all the parts that are necessary to monetize the things you're all already doing. Here are a few examples. If you want to live the win life, why not document the whole journey of, oh, I have this fear about selling all of my stuff and I don't know what to do with all this stuff, all this stuff, and I have problems with selling this stuff, maybe as a content piece. Then, oh yeah, I found this win. Let's actually, is this win good? I don't really know if this win is a good win. What speaks for this win is that it has very much room in it, but also it's very expensive, so I don't really know. And then you actually buy the win and you create the win and you build out the win. And then what you create is by sharing all of the different parts is you create anticipation because people are now rooting for you because people want you to succeed. People want you then to, to see you, if they watched you before, to see you travel around the world maybe with your van because you told them about it and now it maybe finally works out. This is kind of an example of how this turn, could turn out. You could also say, I want to start a business where I record ideas and therefore monetize my life by talking about the things I'm interested in. This is basically the concept of every podcast and every YouTube channel ever, apart from the fact that they are much more targeted because they are just certain brands. And this concept I am currently discussing with you and also the concept I am implementing myself or trying to implement myself is 
to monetize the things I already think about. And the only thing I additionally, of course, do is spend some time recording these ideas and also distributing these ideas. But the idea is that it doesn't really matter what the content is. The content is provided by the things you do. And you just record your thoughts, your ideas, and turn them, therefore, into content.